Number one friend of the podcast, Donnie Druin, stops by again to talk about all sorts of stuff today, but mainly his thoughts on the Pac-12 drama. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out on a visual platform. But wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure that you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we drop a new episode. Joining us today is number one friend of the podcast, Donnie Druin. Donnie, of course, being the well-respected member over at the All Sun Devils page for Sports Illustrated. So make sure that you are subscribed to him and staying up to date as he gives you all the information that you need to know about the Arizona State Sun Devils. Donnie, we haven't had a chance to talk about the most troubling news that's going on in the Pac-12 recently, Mm -hmm. at least on the podcast. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So turning it over to you, Starting off, initial thoughts when you heard about the USC and UCLA news. Shocked. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. shocked for a couple reasons. Um, I think we as fans and kind of lovers of the game of college football, at least like to try to associate conferences geographically. So when you heard USC and UCLA were dipping town for the Big Ten, you're like, okay, well, that makes zero sense. That does not make any sense at all. Like, why why would we want to see USC take on Michigan State and a snowstorm in deep November? And then, counterpoint, why would we want to see Penn State travel to the West Coast and take on UCLA at 12 o'clock their time on a, on a Saturday night and get some little Pac-12 after dark action going? Geographically, it doesn't make any sense. And I think in a world of college football where we had the NIL, we have the transfer portal, and things were already kind of rapidly changing the landscape of the the amateur sport that we used to know and love. Um, I think that was almost like a nail in the coffin to kind of signify how things were changing and how just like the, the sport of college football is just no longer um, – what we want it to be, which is an, an amateur thing. I remember talking, I think it was your father actually at the baby uh, birthday we were at this past weekend. We were talking about how you would, you would be able to watch these teams and know these guys were going to play there for three or four years, no matter what. And then that just made it super fun and super easy to kind of get into and kind of root for it. It let you get attached to these guys and these teams more easier than it was nowadays where Jordan Addison can go to USC for $3 million just because they're going to be the highest bidder or just because Lincoln Riley decides that, you know, Oklahoma is going to the SEC and, you know, he wants to go and dominate the Pac-12 landscape. And sure enough, two years down the road from his initial start, he'll be playing in the Big Ten. So um, a, a lot of interesting things being said. Almost none of them are good things being said. I've tried to find the uh, the the reason for the way out for USC and UCLA. 
I've seen a bunch of people from California say that the Pac-12 was holding USC back. Um, maybe ad revenue-wise from the Pac-12, sure. Right. Um, I don't think Clay Helton is being taken into a lot of consideration there. I don't think a lot of the rest of the uh, failures at USC outside of not being broadcasted on Fox or ESPN or whoever the Pac-12 has their current network to deal with. I don't think they're taking enough ownership for their problems uh, because it wasn't a problem in the past whenever guys like Pete Carroll, Matt Weiner, and Reggie Bush were there. You know, even still, whenever guys like Sam Darnold were there, I mean, they they won the Rose Bowl, you know, just a few years ago against Penn State. So, you know, it's not like they've had uh, this tremendous amount of like despair. Like you can get into UCLA and how like they they just haven't really been the same program. I mean, Josh Rosen was probably one of the biggest things to emerge out of that program in quite some time. And I do think Chip Kelly is doing uh, a better job than some people had initially anticipated and kind of turning the corner for that. Um, so we'll see whenever it comes to them. But man, like a lot of finger pointing, a lot of blaming, a lot of ownership failing to be taken into account of uh, by everybody, everybody involved. And now um, USC and UCLA are basically gone in 2024. The verdict is still out on major programs like Oregon. Um, and then I, I think whenever it comes to Arizona State, and we'll touch on that here in a second, uh, whatever the rest of the conference does is basically going to um, signal what the Sun Devils end up doing. 100%, man. And I, I love a lot of the points that you brought to our attention. One of those, of course, being that like the the, the Pac-12 was holding the California programs back, which that, that feels like su- such a bad comment to make. Look, if, if you wanted to say the Pac-12 was holding itself back, I will absolutely yes. agree with you because it was. It was Larry Scott deserves a lot of um, not nice words being said about him. Flack. He deserves a lot of flack. (laughs) Dude, no, it, it, and it's even funnier because of all, of all the plate of all the California schools to get plucked that we're going to complain, didn't get enough attention. Of course it's the LA schools, right? Mm -hmm. Of course we're going to be focusing on the two schools in Los Angeles saying that, Oh, they didn't get enough attention and sure like you said the tv deals yeah that can that can make some sort of sense but to your point i mean when's the last time these teams were relevant in in the last like 10 to 12 years i can count maybe three to four collective seasons between both those schools that they were relevant ucla didn't win the pac-12 uh usc has a rose bowl win sure but let's not pretend that usc has been this program of consistency since pete carroll left you had the failed stints of Lane Kiffin, Clay Helton, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, Ed Ogeron. They've had a rotation of guys there. Uh, During UCLA's prime, they were supposed to be guided to the promised land with, uh, I I can't think of their head coach, but he had brought in Brent Hundley and he had Josh Rosen. And that's going to bug me. His dad was a coach for the Raiders. I'm, I'm gonna rely on I'm gonna rely on you to pull that up for me while we're thinking about it. But uh, you you just had you had a lot of you had a lot of expectations that were coming through for both of these programs. Neither of them really lived up to the expectations. So I don't like the the comments that have been made about well the Pac-12 has been letting them down. When I could say that these programs have been letting down the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has needed 
those LA programs to be like mainstream getting those TV deals and everything. Do you have the name? Yeah, you're going to be really mad. Jim Mora. I, Jim Mora. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I knew I, I told you, dude. Like, ugh. and ugh. any, anyways, yeah. Um, overall, like, I, I definitely feel like the Pac 12 is taking a lot of flack for the failures of uh, USC and UCLA who need to be taking themselves into account. Uh, one other small little detail that I just find really funny is like, you know, at this point with college football, in, in a sport that is all about traditions, traditions be damned right now because it's no longer about playing three to four years at one school. It's no longer about the the schools um, like giving the kids the opportunity to uh, better themselves for their for their pro futures and uh, worrying particularly particularly about academics instead of athletics and everything like that. And now, and this is such a small thing compared to that, but you're getting rid of the, the, the regions and the realms surrounding the conferences. Like, like you said, the big 10 is like Midwestern, like Northern Ohio, Illinois, Wisconsin area. And now you're bringing in two Southern California schools. You've seen all the memes. They're hilarious. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, what, what is USC going to do? when Michigan comes out on third and one with a, with a, uh, a three tight end fullback set. And it's like, we don't even know what's going. Is that legal? Like, we don't, we don't know what's going on. It's gonna, it's gonna be a total, it, it, it's like, uh, like a, like a big time wake up moment for USC and UCLA when they get to a, a conference that actually has teams that are competing for a college football playoff appearance every year. No, for sure. And I think um, to kind of go back on this talk, I don't think anybody should be exempt of blame here. I, I think there's plenty of that to go around. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, this all seems to be a, a domino uh, from Texas and Oklahoma departing the Pac-12, not the Pac-12, excuse me, the Big 12, right. departing the Big 12 in favor for the SEC. And um, if, if you kind of look at everything and how it's panned out, there's one theory that like the more I think about it, the more I subscribe to as to like why USC and UCLA ended up joining the big 10 who ultimately pulled those strings behind the scenes. I don't think it was the schools. I don't even think it was the big 10 conference. What happened whenever Oklahoma and Texas joined the SEC? Why did the SEC want Oklahoma and Texas to join? Okay. We both know, at least from a Texas perspective, they're not competing for a national title in that division or conference. Kind of the same with Oklahoma, but Oklahoma has had far better success in the Big 12 compared to the Longhorns. They wanted them for broadcast network worth. The TV deals they are going to get out of adding Oklahoma and Texas are going to be insane. Yeah, Very Texas insane. has their own channel. They have the Longhorn network. Yep. Who has the broadcast rights to both the Big Ten and the Pac-12 right now? Fox. Who does not have broadcast rights to the SEC? Fox. What network executive do you think is trying to play catch-up right now to guys like ESPN and CBS? 
Fox, my guess who has one of the biggest media markets in the United States, Los Angeles. Man, if only we knew two schools in Los Angeles who weren't happy with the Pac-12 right now. So you, you you kind of you take a step back and look at a big picture. And um, granted, that's not a for sure thing. I could be 100% wrong. But like I, I saw that theory kind of floated out. And that just made perfect sense to me as to why all of that stuff happened, especially in a college football world nowadays where everything is dictated by who can offer the most money. That sounds about right, dude. Is we're, we're, We have reached a point in sports in general. And unfortunately, it is now infiltrated our our sacred college football realm that for the longest time we were like blissfully ignorant of like it could never it could never affect college football right it's it, it's too traditional it's too timely it's been around too long well times change and times have quickly caught up with college football and now we're sitting in the situation that we are in right now uh we're going to go ahead and call it with that first segment here when we return for the second segment We're going to continue our conversation, this time turn our attention more over to how this affects the Arizona State Sun Devils. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. This episode of the Locked on Sun Devils is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now nearly impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need for your car. Why endure often pointless questions and sit while the person behind the counter orders the parts off of their computer and choosing the only parts that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with Rock Auto at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years with prices reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. Back into our conversation now, Donnie. Looking at the ASU side of things, considering this is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, let's tie in our beloved Arizona State Sun Devils. Give me just initial thoughts. How how did this move affect your thoughts on Arizona State staying in the Pac-12, leaving the Pac-12, what their decision should be, etc. Yeah, so whenever the alliance was formed last year, um, there was already kind of talks of what the Pac-12 needed to do. I just want to give a quick shout out to Harley. Harley is amazing, <laughs> and I hope all of your listeners and your viewers understand how truly great of a dog that you have. Knowing I, her personally. I hope- I, I was going to say, I hope that like just when she's like randomly like walking around in the background when I'm recording the podcast, people appreciate that because I don't really think about it. And it's funny. That I, you I don't think it anybody's seen her like, full length. So maybe they're just like, is that like a leopard he has in the back? Like, I don't understand what in the Joe Exotic is going on right now. <laughs> what in the Joe Exotic? Oh, um, but you, you look at the Alliance 
formed. And whenever Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12, um, they were already trying to kind of pick up the pieces from that. So there were already kind of whispers and rumors of the Big 12 wanting to add potential programs like Arizona State. But um, the Pac-12 didn't necessarily have the problem that they currently have on their hands now that they did back then. Now it's kind of a game changer because, you know, regardless of what you want to say about recent success for lack thereof programs like USC and programs like US, UCLA, excuse me, talking is very hard to them. Um, they are still very prominent programs within the Pac-12 that do generate a lot of media interest, that do generate a lot of money, at least at the beginning of the year, whenever everybody is zero and zero. That being said, now that they're gone, if you're Arizona State, I think you certainly have to weigh your options in what is undoubtedly a, a college football world, let alone conference like the Pac-12, where you have to do what is best for yourself. Do you want to stay in the Pac-12 that is undoubtedly weaker now, where almost anything can happen, where you don't know what the future is going to look like five years down the road? You just don't know. And I think if you're Ray Anderson or if you're Michael Crow, you have to take a long look in the mirror and really ask yourself what is going to be best for Arizona State. And I know a lot of people are going to say those two people should not be the ones looking in the mirror and making that call because people are not exactly big fans of them. And I can't blame them. But at the end of the day, they are the decision makers for ASU and they will ultimately decide whether or not it actually happens. Now, if I'm Arizona State, I'm looking at Oregon. If Oregon decides to stay in the Pac-12, then I think there's something salvageable about the Pac-12. I think if you're able to add a couple more teams, um, I've seen Hawaii thrown out there. I, I don't know that would exactly upgrade the prestige of it. Um, sick team to add to it, though. Uh, I've seen teams potentially like Boise State or Utah State you know, being added. BYU possibly as well. You, you just you you really you really don't know. It's hard to replace a USC and a UCLA, but um, I think if they stay, that certainly makes it easier. And Ray Anderson did actually release a statement um, last week, I believe, uh, that said that ASU was committed to the Pac-12 and help and you know whatever they need to do to help kind of unite and strengthen it again. I think that's all talk because if Oregon does leave. And the Fum Arizona State, who was one of the few teams that met with the, the Big 12, by the way. like that, That's not just a rumor. They, they went and met with the Big 12 Conference, along with Arizona and like four other schools, I believe. Mm -hmm. If the Ducks depart, the Pac-12, at least in my eyes, has no more prestige, no more possible national champion that can carry their weight through the entire year. No more college football playoff contention talks because who from the Pac-12 is going to emerge from it? And if you're ASU, I think now's the time to jump into the Big 12 where Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. Now you have the opportunity to escape the, the kind of bad aura of the Pac-12 of the West Coast that a lot of people have already imprinted on you. You have an opportunity for a clean slate where you can step up and you compete with schools like Baylor with schools like Oklahoma State, they kind of be one of the top dogs in the conference, whereas in the Pac-12, you're not. Well, and one of the other really important factors for the Big 12 is, like, not only is uh, Texas and Oklahoma leaving, which really opens up a opportunity for you to jump in and be one of the 
one of the bigger programs there, but it also takes you out of, like you said, that, that, that West coast stigma. We love hashtag pack 12 after dark, but no one else does by the, by the time ASU games are getting broadcast on the East coast, it's 11 o'clock at night. No one is staying up to watch Arizona state. You get put into the, into the big 12 and you're going to have some more daytime games. You're going to have more opportunities for uh, better networking. You get your program out there more. Maybe Arizona state doesn't go from this kind of afterthought and people are like, Hey, you know, this is one of the five biggest, uh, biggest colleges in the United States. Maybe we should give this place a little more attention. I've heard some stories about mill Avenue. So like, Maybe maybe this will be what ASU needs to finally jumpstart its recruiting and get back on the right track would be a move to a new conference. There's there's a lot of different different variables that point to this being the correct decision as well. Like you said, if Oregon does bolt, there is nothing left in the Pac-12. And in one sense, that's great for Arizona State because maybe Arizona State is the best team in the Pac-12 at that point. But what what notoriety does that have at that point? Does it mean anything that you're the best team in the Pac-12 if you're an eight-win football team? There's just there's no substance with the Pac-12 at this point. If if Oregon is is gone, if they stay, then sure you can salvage it. Uh, you can try and add some teams. I know everybody has their eyes on San Diego State right now, back-to-back ten-win program. They're they're a good they're a good team. Uh, Boise State has been the subject of a lot of talks for a while. Maybe you try and pluck some teams from the Big 12. You see if you can get a Baylor or a TCU or an Oklahoma State to come and join you. I don't know. But the Pac-12 definitely feels like a dying breed right now. And ASU definitely needs to start weighing its options and really figure out the direction that it wants to go in. No, for sure. And I think when you look at schools like Oregon State – um, and Cal, who don't exactly have that prestige, who are definitely limited geographically in terms of what they can do, um, they're kind of being hung out to dry right now because you know yeah. that they they don't have the opportunity to go and join a Big Twelve conference. They don't have the opportunity to you know necessarily stay within the Pac twelve and build themselves into this Pac twelve slang giant. You know that that you know programs like Oregon, USC, or even like Washington have known to be in the past. So uh, it's definitely it just sucks all around, man. Like this is, and I think you already said it best a little bit earlier. This is not the college football that we grew up loving and watching, and times are certainly changing. And um, I feel like for so long we just tried to kind of push it to the wayside. And um, you know we already talked about the NIL and, and the the transfer portal. Um, the college football playoff too um, does deserve some blame in this because that's exactly the reason the SEC wanted to expand. You know, aside from money, is to potentially get another team in the uh, college football playoff, which is set to expand, by the way. So that's even more opportunities for an SEC ball club, and then obviously uh, the Big Ten now too to get their name and their conference out there. Pretty much, man. So it's it's just it's turned into a giant marketing ploy at this point. Is is the way that it feels like everything is trending right now. Let's go ahead, put a pin in that conversation just for a moment. Take our final break. When we return, we'll go ahead and pick up this conversation where we left it off. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built 
have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. Coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love in a delicious chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of, of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They're good for you too. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. Go to built.com right now and make sure that you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste absolutely amazing. All built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and effectively and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about the built puffs, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt free because they're actually good for you. They're a perfect treat, whether you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or you need a quick, healthy snack. They're even an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet, brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. And again, you guys got to make sure that you are staying locked in to everything Pac-12 with the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Every day, hosts Spencer McLaughlin and local experts on the Locked On Network take you across the Pac-12 in 30 minutes or less. Make the Locked On Pac-12 podcast your second listen of the day. Donnie, getting back to what we were talking about, just overall, I I, I guess we, we've discussed the different options mm-hmm. for Arizona State. We've discussed the reasons why all of this is happening. There, there, there's a lot of moving parts here. What if if you are Ray Anderson and you are Michael Crow, and you're looking right now? So let let's say we don't know what Oregon is doing yet. You need to make a decision right now. And you've had your conversation with the Big Twelve. You could potentially make a move to the Big Ten. What what are you thinking? should be the decision that you would like to make for Arizona state right now. Uh, I'm going to fire Herm Edwards. That, that is a Sorry. great I, start. I, I, I figured I'd get this show a lot of notoriety and, and a lot of fans to, to back it up after I said that. Honestly, man, I, I think you have to look long-term with these kind of things and the, the way the sport is kind of shifting. It looks like, um, you know, Lord knows what's going to happen with the ACC we could boil it down to like three super conferences. Like, I, I don't think that's completely out of the question at all. And I think if you're Arizona state, you definitely want to be proactive rather than reactive whenever it comes to this. I think um, Oregon staying in the PAC 12 would be a very, very good thing. And um, I think if ASU ended up staying in the PAC 12 and the ducks were to return, I don't think it's necessarily a terrible idea, but like I said at the beginning of the episode, you have to do what is best for you and your program. And, you know, you kind of have to take everything into account when you look at the big picture. I think the best bet would be to move to the Pac-12. I think it would be a very good bet for football. And I think, and this is going to sound really strange coming out of my mouth, so stay with me. I think you want Arizona to also come with you to the Pac, not the Pac-12, the Big 12, not only for football, but basketball. Think how well of a basketball conference 
would feature Baylor, Oklahoma State, Houston, and Arizona. Just as, just as those top four. Kansas. Just as those top four programs. That is going to be a very, very fun and dynamic basketball conference to watch. And if ASU looks anything like they're supposed to, even next year, let alone down the road, if Bobby Hurley is still in the driver's seat, the Sun Devils can play devil's advocate almost any night. You know, they, they, they can emerge into a NCAA tournament team that they have supposed to have been the last couple years. And there's, there's just, it looks a lot more promising on the Big 12 side as opposed to the Pac-12 side as it is right now. But in 10 years, if there's just one giant super conference between the, the Big 12 and the, uh, the ACC and the, the Pac-12, that also wouldn't really surprise me either. But, I mean, if, if we're looking at things right now, I think Big 12 is the way to go. I think that would be the right direction to go as well. And there there's plenty of reasons why it makes sense. For what it's worth for all of us that actually care about, like, regions and everything, Arizona State is in that southern part of the United States, which is where the Big 12 typically resides. All your Texas schools, Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, you, you would probably be bringing in Colorado and Utah as well to the big 12. If you were, if you were bringing in the Arizona schools, uh, everything is just generally located in that same area. The big 12 is also looking to keep pace with everyone right now. The big 10 is continuing to add team after team. There's still those rumors that they're not done and they're looking at Notre Dame. They're looking at Washington. They're looking at Oregon. The sec is bringing in Oklahoma and Texas. We have seen tons of rumors that Clemson is on the way to the SEC and potentially some other teams as well. The Big 12 is trying to keep pace right now, and they've done a pretty decent job. They brought in Houston, which has been a quality program for the last 10-plus years, and Dana Holgerson has got them in a great and place right now. multiple sports, by the way, too. Yes, multiple sports. They brought in UCF, which was the self-proclaimed national champions just a couple of seasons ago. Who can uh, argue you, with that? No one. No one can argue with that. Uh, uh, Cincinnati is coming in. They were the first team not in the Power Five to make the playoff this past year. And then BYU is coming as well. And they've been a, a great football program for as, as long as I can remember. So the Big 12 making some moves in order to keep pace. They're going to need to continue making moves, though, because even bringing in those four teams and still having Baylor and Oklahoma State there, there's not exactly this team right now that really screams to me that we can compete for a national championship. And I'm not saying that Arizona State does that for you. But at least it gives you more darts to throw at the board. You have more opportunities. When you have a 16-team conference, which sounds terrible, if we're being honest. But it's just the way that college football is trending right now. Like you said, it it feels like a very real possibility that we go from the power five to the power three very, very soon. And you add the sec, the big 10 and the big 12, and that's it. I don't know if the ACC is long for this world. I certainly don't think the PAC 12 is going to be here in 10 years. I just, I don't think that it, it's going to, it's going to sustain itself, especially if the losses continue to pile up, but for what's best for Arizona State, I do agree with you. I think the Big 12 definitely makes the most sense. I think it's the direction that you need to go for a plethora of reasons. But if if anything, it's it's going to help you get back into a conference that really is going to 
to elevate the talent level around you because the Pac-12 has been so lackluster, not just in football, but uh, basketball and baseball. They, they've they been good. They, they've had good programs. It, it's been top-heavy, though. I mean, U of A has carried Pac-12 basketball for a long time now. You've had good seasons from UCLA and Oregon and um, – USC just just was in in the tournament. They were like at 12 seed or something like that. Yeah, they they were ranked pretty high. Were they? They might yeah, something like that. But uh like like overall, like you look at the Big 12, like you mentioned, you have Houston, Baylor's won a national championship, Kansas is the reigning national champions. Mm -hmm. You you got a ton of Kansas well. Shame on you. I know. Shame absolute shame on you. Remy Martin did not leave Arizona state just so that you could slight our, our like second alma mater that we care about here. Hey man, according to the Facebook comments, uh, people hate Remy Martin here at ASU. So yeah, I don't get that, but that, yeah. that, that's a whole other can of worms, but overall, like even beyond the football perspective, this would be a good move for basketball as well. Uh, get, getting into arguably the best conference when it comes to college basketball. Like it, it is up there with the big with the Big Ten. That's got uh, Ohio State and it, man, these teams haven't been good in a while. But like Indiana had had a stint for a while there. Uh, Michigan obviously has been a very good program, mm-hmm. but Michigan State, yep. Michigan State, yes. But you would you would be putting Arizona State in a situation where maybe they can finally step it up. I don't know, probably not, but maybe. Look, I, I, I just think at the end of the day, um, you are looking to upgrade yourself just in terms of talent and competition. And I think both the Big 12 um, pre and post UCLA and USC leaving offers a step in the right direction and kind of a, uh, I, I guess, gut check might be the right way to, the, to phrase it, just in terms of what AAC would have to encounter on the football field and the basketball court. Uh, because that I think there's no arguments that at least in football and basketball, the Big 12 definitely rates higher than the Pac-12. I don't know if I could word that any better. Any closing thoughts? Nah, not at all. I thought it was a phenomenal time in the Locked On Set of this podcast. And yeah. I, I think there's some big things in, in feature for, for Richie Bradshaw. So I'm really excited for ASU fans to hear about that. Well, I appreciate that, my friend. But yeah, that'll... That'll wrap up this edition of the Locked on Sun Levels podcast. Again, Donnie, thank you so much for stopping by. Always appreciate you popping in. Guys, make sure that you're staying up to date on everything Arizona State Sun Devils with Donnie Druin at Donnie Druin on Twitter. Follow the All Arizona State page as well. That's all at All Sun Devils. That's, that's Sun Devils football, basketball, a little bit of everything in between. Donnie is their lead cover man there. And then make sure that you follow me on Twitter as well. That's at RichieBrats36 and follow the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Make sure that wherever you get your podcast, because remember we're free and available on all platforms, that you turn on those notifications by hitting the like or subscribe button and making sure that you stay up to date every time we update or upload a new episode. But until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here. Unlocked on Sun Devils.